Well, it is so good to see you all again this morning. If this is your first Sunday back in the new year, happy new year. And uh, it is just great that we can start the year off, this month off in, in church, this week off in church together. Again, if you're watching online, thanks for joining us where you're at. And uh, if you do live in this area, we want to invite you to join us in person. We're grateful that you're watching from afar, but I tell you, it is better in the room. Not only do you get to see us, but we get to see you. And so we want to invite you to join us. There's always a space for you in the room. And uh, we are in week two of our series called Uphill Habits. And as we just kind of figure out how to build a new, kind of start the new year, right? January is always that first time to build new habits, to get new disciplines. Resolutions are a little bit of a disappointment because if you're like me, you know, you start these resolutions and within three weeks in, you're kind of like, you've already messed up, you know, we're, we kind of do that to ourselves, but hopefully we can, we can build these new disciplines in our life. One of the ones that we are doing is 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is something we're, we are going to get in the habit of doing every January and every August. January as we start the new year and August as we start the new ministry year. But uh, maybe you've been joining us. We started last week. We've been and asking God to do a new thing in me and, uh, and in us individually. And then this week we're praying that God will do a new thing in our church in our community and this whole idea of praying and fasting what i love it it unites our hearts together in common prayer and common purpose but what does fasting do fasting disconnects us from the world the things that we hold on to maybe give way too much attention to and prayer connects us back to god right and so whatever we uh, there's this principle that whatever we starve dies but whatever we feed thrives and so we want to starve kind of the, the, the attachments to this world the attachments to stuff and we want to feed our attachment to Christ and so we can grow that and so thank you for joining us one of the things I'm saying and encouraging you to do maybe you missed that day that's okay just don't miss two you know just commit to this idea of prayer as a discipline and I tell you what there's something on the other side of it I believe it and so I want to keep on encouraging you to join us in prayer uh, so we are in this week two series and this idea that we this phrase that we've been nab nabbing with that I think it was Aristotle who said this is that we are what we repeatedly do right we are what we repeatedly do in other ways. You know, we form habits, and then our habits form us, right? So we form the habits in our life or these routines in our life. Sometimes these routines, as good as they are, turn into ruts. But we form these things, and then they, then they begin to form us and challenge us. And here is the tension or the thesis or kind of the angst in which we're discussing is, is this, this uh, series today is a lot of us, I would imagine most of us in this room, have uphill hopes you know, we have these high aspirations, these high hopes for our lives. But if we were honest, we have downhill habits. You know, we have the gap is too big. And so for us, we're trying to, how do we realign that? How do we fix those things? Because hopes, hopes can get you going. But how many people have experienced their life that hopes don't keep you going? Hopes get you going, but it's habits that keep you going. Hopes start, they give you the focus, but it's the habits that you build into your life that sustain you and keep you going and if you're if, you, if you're thinking man i'm the only one who struggles with this i'm here to tell you you're not the only one you know we all go through this every one of us in this room have high hopes for ourselves but if we were going to be honest have low habits we have uphill hopes and downhill habits even the apostle paul and if paul struggles with this then every one of us can take a deep sigh of relief because listen if he struggled then it's okay we're all human you know and uh, so paul tells us in romans 7 uh, 715 he says I don't really understand myself this is such a, uh, an encouraging scripture for any of us he says I don't understand myself for 
for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right, meaning I have this hope for my life. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, meaning I have these stinking habits that pull me in a different direction. And so, listen, we're not taking this as an excuse to live this way. We're taking this as an opportunity to realize, hey, we're not the only ones who struggle this way. And so this struggle makes us real, makes us human, but now we can encourage one another to be better in it. Here's the thing I've learned is that everything worthwhile is uphill. Anything worthwhile takes effort. Anything worth doing takes time. It doesn't just come naturally. And so uh, we're going to lean into this. And the hard, the tough news is, is that it's, for the bad news rather, is that it's tough, right? Have you ever started a new discipline? Have you ever started a new habit? It's tough. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of intentionality. But the good news is, is you don't have to do it alone. The good news is that God will walk with you and then sustain you. Our foundational verse for today and for this series is Romans 12, 2. In the message version, it reads this, Fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. Right? This is not just some external change. It's not some surface-level change. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you to do, and then quickly respond to it. Don't just know what to do, but know it and do it. Right? Hear the word of God and apply it to your life. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring the best out of you. And he wants to develop well-formed maturity in you. And this is our prayer. And this is our hope. This is my prayer for my life. This is my prayer for you and in your lives as we start this habit together. So last week, we started with habit number one, which was to fix mine first, to, fi- focus what I, to fix what I focus on first. We realize that what you do first shows what you value most, right? What I do first shows what I value most. And then what I do first sets up with what comes next. What I do first kind of sets up my day and how my day is going to unfold. So we want to fix our first. And last week we talked about by putting God first. And here's the habit we're going to talk about today. Habit number two is we're going to change. We're going to control rather our thoughts. We're going to control my thoughts. I've realized this is that I will never change my life until I can change the way I think. I will never change my life until I can change the way I think. I love Proverbs 23. It says, as a man thinketh, so he is. You know, like our, the way you think determines your steps. Change, my life doesn't change from the things that I do. My life changes first from the way that I think, from how I approach my day, how I view myself, how I view God, how I view others. Ecclesiastes 10 2 says, listen, wise thinking leads to right living. Wise thinking leads to right, to right living, but stupid thinking, you were never allowed to say stupid when we were kids, but now it's in the Bible, so I guess it's open reign. But like, stupid living, stupid thinking, right, leads to wrong doing. And sometimes we look at ourselves, and we look at ourselves, and we're like, that was stupid. What was I thinking, right? We have this, but so wise, li- wise thinking, it all starts with our thoughts. And so here's what I want to do today in our short time together is I want to have kind of break into two parts of our message. One, I want to give you a couple thoughts on thinking. And then I want to give you five practical ways that we can cha- train our thinking. Some things that you can write down. Remember, if you're following with us on Uversion events, you can go to the Uversion app and you can go to the events page. All of our notes are there so you can save those if you want to keep them for later. But they're just there for you. Or you can take out a pen and write them down. Listen, my, my teacher used to tell me that a pen never forgets. You know, sometimes we think we'll remember, but then we forget. But a pen never forgets. Don't be afraid to take notes in church. I'm hoping that of all the things that I say, maybe there's one little thing 
that's inspired. <laughs> One little thing that you can hold on to and take with you and encourage you. So here's the first thought on thinking. One is that everything begins with a thought. Everything. Everything begins with a thought. Our thoughts are become the roots of our problems and our problems and our, and our hopes. They, they are the foundation of everything we do. You cannot change the behavior without first changing the thoughts that feed that behavior. As I think about my own life, I realize that the only, th the only times I've experienced real change is when I changed my thinking about the issue. I, was never, I never experienced real change when someone forced me to change my behavior from the outside. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe as a parent, you're trying to do this with your kids. You know, you're trying to change their behavior from external pressures and external disciplines, and that will work for a season. But real change happens when the individual gets a perspective and they think differently about the situation. And so how do we think differently? How do we see differently? Romans 12.10. What does Romans 12 tells us? Don't copy the behaviors of this world or the customs of this world, but let God transform you from, into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Which means we have to acknowledge that maybe we're not thinking about everything correctly. Which means there needs to be some change. Which means I need to allow God to transform me. Not just to accept me. I'm grateful that God accepts me as I am. That he loves me as I am. But I believe, I'm so grateful that God loves me too much to lead me the way I am. That he invites me to a life of transformation. That I get to renew my thoughts according to his word. That I'm not going to God and say, this is what I think about it. And you need to adopt my thinking. Now, God's saying, you're coming to me and you need to adopt his thinking, right? We're allowing the word of God to transform our thinking. Everything begins with a thought. So the thoughts you sow in the first parts of your day set up what comes next. I believe this. I've experienced this in my own life. Is that if you want to have a good day, then you need to start the day seeding and sowing good thoughts. Fixing your, hand, your eyes and your, on the word of God. So everything, everything begins with a thought. Secondly, we realize that what we think determines how we feel, right? What we dwell upon, what we think about, often comes out into our emotions and our actions. If you are feeling anxious, then it's time to change what you think about. If you're feeling sad, it's time to change what you're thinking about. If you're feeling not good enough, it's time to change what you think about. If you're feeling at odds or jealousy, feeling full of jealousy or envy or comparison, guess what? It's time to change what you think about. There's this familiar story that's told in many different ways, but essentially it comes down to two dogs. There's a white dog and a black dog or a light dog and a dark dog. And these dogs go down to the docks every Saturday morning with the owner and, and the owner puts those dogs to fight and they, they fight. And they kind of do their dog fighting thing and people bet on which dog is going to win. And every time they go down to the docks, every Saturday, it, it's, it's a different dog. It's never, there's never a routine pattern or a consistent pattern that they can figure out. And so some people are winning and losing depending on the odds. But here's the thing is the owner of the dog always knows which dog is going to win. So finally, one day after one guy has lost a lot of money in this, this, you know, this Saturday morning excursion, he goes up to the owner and says, how do you know which dog is going to win? How, I, there doesn't seem to be a rhythm to it or it doesn't make sense to me. And the, dog, the owner simply smiled, smiled at him and simply said, it's the one that I feed that weekend. And isn't this true to us? is that when we find ourselves in battles, when we find ourselves in these moments where we don't know what to think, is that the, 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 the dominant thought of our life is going to be what we fed the most that day. The dominant thought of our life is going to be what we fed the most that week. If you are scrolling social media 
24-7 mindlessly, I guarantee you, you will be full of stress, anxiety, comparison, jealousy, angst, fatigue. You will be overwhelmed. But if you scroll the word of God, you'll be filled with life and hope and joy and peace. What are you feeding? We fill ourselves with the things of this world and the, things of this, and the thoughts of this world, and we get it. We find ourselves at this battle. We find ourselves in this moment of temptation. We find ourselves in this moment of struggle, and we wonder why we fall every time. We have uphill hopes for ourselves, right, that we're going to beat it, that we're going to succeed, that we're going to be victorious, but we have these downhill habits that are not feeding our soul. We're being overwhelmed by the thoughts of this world. Here's a challenge I want to encourage you to do. I've done it this week, and it's been amazing. I want to tell you to eliminate as much media as you can in your life. What would happen this week if you just deleted all your social media on your phone? Just for a week. I know some of you guys are going to anxiety is through the roof right now. You're like, what? You know, just turn the news off for one week. Just eliminate your Facebook feed for one one week. Just eliminate your Instagram and the pressures of posting to keep up your streaks on, on Snapchat and be real and all these different things that are going on. Some of you guys don't even know what that is. That's fine. I don't know what that is either. But all this pressure, eliminate all the noise, and then, and, and then allow yourself to focus on the Word of God. Here's what I've learned this week. I sit a lot of time now with nothing to do. I went to pick up my boys. I pick my sons up every day from school, and uh, usually I sit there and I park I'm going to cover there a couple minutes early to get a good parking spot. And then I usually I'm sitting there, then I'm just scrolling. through. It's sort of like a habit now, right? You sit, you park, you wait. And what do you do when you wait? You scroll. That's just, does anyone else do this? This is me. You wait, you scroll, right? You're not really looking for anything specifically. You're just scrolling. But you realize how much you're consuming, how much you're allowing it to impact your heart and your mind. Now what I'm doing, guys, I get there, and I'm like, oh, I don't need that anymore. So now I just wait. And I just sit there staring. Probably probably going, what is that guy doing? He's just staring in the space, you know? staring looking around watching people anyway but there's something about it I, 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 I don't know what's going on in this world I don't know what's going on around me right now but I can tell you my soul feels better my soul feels better I want to challenge you to do that this week. Philippians 4 tells us this finally brothers whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent and praiseworthy what are we supposed to do think on these things these are the things we're called to dwell upon. Why? What will happen? What will be the fruit of that? Well, then the God of peace will be with you. Listen, you're feeling anxious. You're feeling struggle. You're feeling like you just feel overwhelmed. Listen, put it all away and focus on the list of Philippians outlines. Our thoughts determine how we feel. And lastly, our thoughts determine our destiny, right? Our, our thoughts determine where we are moving. I love how Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, he always he says this. He says, the decisions you make today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow, right? The decisions you make today determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. And many of us have looked at our lives and we recognize, yeah, that decision led me on this trajectory of life. And I, I, I would go to say, too, that the thoughts that we think about today determine the feelings that which we're going to feel tomorrow, the, the lives that we're going to live tomorrow. There's this popular stance or, 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 or thought that is, that is common, it's not new to me or, or fresh to me, but it's this idea that when we sow a thought, what happens? When you sow that thought, you reap an action, right? I sow a thought, I reap an action. Well, then when I sow, when I plant that action, then what I do is I reap a habit. And then as I sow that habit, I reap a lifestyle. And as I sow that lifestyle, then what happens is that you reap your destiny. 
And your destiny now is a byproduct or the fruit of a thought that was sown. And so if we don't like where you're going, and you don't like the trajectory of your life, then what do we do? Got to change what we're thinking about, don't we? Like we got to go right back to the beginning. And what are you investing? What are you sowing into the ground? What, is the, what are you putting into the ground so that you can produce the fruit of your life? And you can say, well, that just sounds like a lot of positive thinking teaching. Let's like, you know, if I just think about it, then I can be better. And it is a little bit, but it's not because this is what the word of God actually says. This is what the Bible actually tells us in Romans 8, 5 to 6. It says, listen, here's a fact. This is Paul talking from his experience. He's saying, listen, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, meaning those who are living a life for themselves, away from God, far from God, those who, who are dominated by the sinful nature, they, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, and control is not like I'm giving, like I'm being dominant, like I'm being under submission. It's I'm giving him control to lead my life, direct my life. They think about the things that please the Spirit. Listen, this is what we think about. And then he offers us a warning. He says, so if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. Meaning if you allow the sinful nature to close your mind, it only leads to one direction. It's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to hopelessness and despair. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to control your mind, there is life and peace. So it is a lot about this. And who controls what you think? I can't control that. Only you can control what you think about. There is only one way to truly believe this to be true. There's only one way to truly know this actually works. And here's what it is. You've got to put it to the test. You've got to actually try it. You gotta actually say, God, if I control my thoughts, will this change my life? Will this change the directory of my todays and my tomorrows? So I'm gonna give it a try. I love how Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, this is in your notes, this is for free. It says, but we take captive every thought, right? We have to take captive. There's an element of our work. This is our effort. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ, meaning we bring it under the word and the ways of God. You maybe use a Philippians filter to filter what is true, right, noble, holy, pure. We make it obedient to Christ. And so what I want to do today in our last 10 minutes together is give you five practical ways that you can do that this week. Not 10, five. Five practical ways that you can apply to your life this week, today, that I believe if you take these things, because again, it takes effort. I can't do it for you. Your, your spouse cannot do it for you. You have to take captive of your thoughts. This is a discipline that you have to create from the inside out. I believe there's other people around you. We're going to talk about the things that are around you to help you along the way. But here's the game. If you don't like the road you're on, if you don't like the destiny that you're on, if you don't like the duration, the destination you're, you're going to, the destiny that's upcoming, you have to change the way you are thinking. And only you can do that. The power of Christ. And so here's the first, first one. One, we need to find a plan to control my thoughts. I got to find a plan. I got I got to find a plan to control control may be a heavy word to feed my thoughts. I got to find a plan to feed my thoughts. If you don't have a plan to succeed, you have a plan to fail. That's just bottom line. I said last week a little bit of how I started this discipline of having a plan and picking a plan in the in, in the YouVersion Bible app and setting it up on the morning and have my coffee ready and have my clothes ready and have my alarm like I had a plan. I didn't just hope it would happen. I had a plan for it to happen. I had a build in a delight into discipline to take me where the desire alone couldn't. You have to have a plan in place. There are so many great reading apps, Bible apps that will help you form the way you think. Because otherwise, if you just open the Word of God, sometimes, you know, I, I feel this way too. If I just open God's Word, I'm like, I don't, where do I start? Where do I start? And a plan helps you focus your 
thoughts. And some of us, that's where we need to start. Every month we're projecting, through our YouVersion Bible app, we're projecting suggested plans that you can follow along with in conjunction with what our series is. There's one right now called uh, culture, uh, Cre- Creatures of Habit. And there's four parts to it. You can do that one. Google that one. Creatures of Habit. But you need to find a plan. Here's what the Word of God is. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4 tells us that the Word of God is living and it's active. Listen, we're not just reading some dead old scrolls. We're not just reading some book that has no life in it. We're reading the Word of God, the living Word of God that is active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. So this is the opportunity for us to bring our thoughts under control to the Word of God. You need to have a plan. You can't just wing it. You need a plan in order to feed your thoughts. Control my thoughts. Second thing you need is you need a place to think your thoughts. Like, you know what I mean? When you go into the garage, you when you go into the garage, there's certain things you think about. When you go into the kitchen, there's certain things you think about, you know? When you go into work, there's certain things you think about. The place stimulates a, a thought of what you're going to dwell upon. What you need to do is claim a place where you can think about the Word of God. You need to claim a place in your home, in your office, in your car, where you need to make that place the place where you train your thoughts and take them under ca- and make them obedient to Christ. My kitchen table. Not just any chair at the kitchen table. A specific chair at the kitchen table is the place that I've claimed. In every house that we moved in, I find up that place. I said, this is the place. And that's where I sit every morning. It's a place where I can control my thoughts, where I place to think my thoughts, where I can read God's word and journal my thoughts and, and pray my thoughts and allow God to conform, transform my thoughts to make them like his. It's an opportunity to offer prayer and daily conversation with God. It's not this formality like with thou and this and you know this how this is all going to play out. You can just actually have a conversation with God. You can share your heart with God. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 26 that you keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Who? All whose thoughts are fixed on you. That we can cast all of our cares onto him. That we can cast all of our cares onto him and in so receive a peace that passes understanding. Colossians tells us that we're to think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. So we have a place, not only we have a plan to think these thoughts and, and to control our thoughts, but we have a place to think these thoughts that we, can, that we claim and we make a place where we can grow in Christ. And thirdly, we need to find a person to stretch our thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for friends. I'm so grateful for people in my life who I can laugh with and joke about and talk sports with and just hang out with. But I'm also so grateful for the people who are going to stretch my thinking. Who are going to stretch the way I think about life and family and the Word of God and my relationship with Jesus. Like, I'm grateful for the social interactions. I'm grateful for the casual conversations. But I want people who are going to stretch my thinking when it comes to the Word of God. And help me see the Word of God in new ways, in a new light. That make me a better husband, a better father, a better community member. So I'm not just remaining the same but I'm allowing the Word of God and the community of God, the church of God, the family of God to transform my thinking. James tells us, he says, Therefore confess your sins, who? One to another, to each other. Why? And pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's something that happens when we confess our sins, when we confess our needs, when we confess our challenges one to another. How many people are grateful that salvation comes through Christ alone? But Christ uses the body, he uses one another to bring us healing because he recognizes we need others in our life to walk with us, to stretch us 
and to change our stinking thinking. Right? Come on, someone write that down. Stinking thinking. We have it. Every one of us are cursed with that disease, right? Hebrews keeps on going in Hebrews 10. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, right? As some are in the habits of not giving up meeting together, but encourage one another, especially now that the days of his return are drawing near. Listen, we need to lean in. We need to encourage one another. This is not the time to retreat. This is not the time to pull back, but this is the time to fix our first. Sunday mornings is a great opportunity to fix the first every week and gather together. But it's more than just this one way. It's more than just this monologue type of experience. You need to find somebody you can have a conversation with. You can encourage one another and be encouraged by one another. We say groups are like this. We have godly godly conversations around godly content that leads to godly growth. Listen, you need to have godly conversations around godly content that leads to godly growth. If you don't have people in your life that you can have those three things with, then you need to find someone. Or you need to become that someone for somebody else. To have godly conversations around godly content, the word of God, devotional, a book, that leads to godly growth. We all need those people in our life to stretch our thinking. Fourthly, we need to find a purpose to land our thoughts. Listen, we're not just going to become academias. You know, we're not just going to become all a pie in the sky thinking. We need to all this thinking need to land on a plane. They have to have a purpose. The healthiest thoughts you can have for you are why you're on this planet. Why am I here? What is the purpose for my life? And you can look and say, yeah, it looks bad out there, but it doesn't look, it's, but this is why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to make it better. Can you imagine light looking at darkness and going, man, it's really dark over there. I think I'm going to stay over on this side of the room. Like the purpose of light is to illuminate the darkness, right? And so the purpose of you and I is to bring Christ and allow Christ to illuminate the darkness of the world. We don't shudder because it's so dark out there. Of course it's dark out there. But our purpose is to bring light. Our purpose is to allow the light of Christ to shine through us. So listen, we have a purpose. We have to land our purpose. We have to know what God wants to do do through us. I believe if you were not were to hear the voice of God, he would say two things. He would say, let's settle your past and let's plan for your future. Let's settle your past. Let's deal with your past. Let's deal with your sin. Let's, let, let's find healing and, and hope and restoration. But now let's plan for your future. Let's talk about the purpose I have for you. Let's talk about the plan I have for your life. It's not just to sit in the middle. It's not just to sit in the gap, but it's to reconcile the past in order to plan for the future. Again, going back to Romans 12, what does it say? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, right? By the renewing of your mind. Why? Then you'll be able to test and approve what? What God's will is. What is his will for your life? His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. It starts with our thinking. And this is really the heart of growth track. You've heard us talk about growth track. This is really the heart of growth track, that you would discover what God's primary and secondary plan for your life is, that you would understand where you fit. So you're not just getting through and going by and and crashing back and forth depending on the waves of the world and the the systems of the world and the seasons of life. But you're actually, you're living your life with a plan and a purpose that God has designed for you. And our greatest joy as a church is to help you discover that. Our greatest joy is to help you motivate, to motivate and encourage you to live that out because we need to do that together. And lastly, as the band comes up, is that you need to find a power to fuel my thoughts. I need to find a power to fuel my thoughts. See, when God begins to speak to you, 
He's going to ask you to do things that you cannot do on your own. A lot of us would say it's kind of nice. God would never ask me anything that's too hard for me to do. And it sounds all sweet and sounds all nice, but that's exactly opposite <laughs> of what Scripture tells us. God is repeatedly asking people to do things that is way outside of their ability to do it on their own. Because what it does is it forces them to depend on God. The power that Christ offers to you and I to open up our lives to the power of the Holy Spirit made evident in us and through us. Isaiah 59, 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Listen, God's seeing and he's thinking at a whole different plane. But he's inviting you and I into the plan and he's empowering us with his Holy Spirit to accomplish the plan. But it has to start with how we view God and how we view scripture and how we view ourselves in light of who God is in us. It's a beautiful benediction in Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. I'm here to tell you, church, that God wants to work through you and in power and in might, and he wants to do more in you and for you than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. But you have got to allow him to transform your mind. You've got to allow him to transform your thinking. Because what you think, so as you are. And what you sow in the ground in thoughts reaps the destiny in which you will become. Because about seven years ago, I came across a blog post or a, a leadership podcast from Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor in the States. And he was talking about this. He was talking about thinking. He was talking about controlling our mind and reminding ourselves who we are, and he outlined these daily declarations, he called them, that he would read to himself every morning to train his mind. As a young leader, as a young husband, as a young pastor, I, I quickly wrote them all down and contextualized them for myself. And over the last seven years, I've gone through seasons, I wouldn't say it's every day, but there's been seasons where I have gone back to these notes and I've read them to myself again to remind myself who I am and who Christ sees me be. And what I want to do today is just as an indicator, as I want to read you some of these things that I read to myself, as I took them from Pastor Greg, as I train my thoughts according to his word. And one of them is, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Christ loves me because of who he is and not because what I have, can, or will do. Jesus is first in my life and I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve her. I love my children and deeply desire for them to serve God with their whole hearts, and I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they could ever, could ever imagine. I love people, and I believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. My words, my thoughts, my imaginations are under the power of Christ, and I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day, and because of Christ, my family is closer, my marriage is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am called, anointed, empowered, and equipped to reach people who are far from God. I'm creative, I'm innovative, I'm driven, I'm focused, and blessed beyond measure because of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. Pain is my friend. 
I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. I'm not a victim of circumstance, but I'm gifted to create, to lead, to change the circumstances from what they are to what they could be. I am victorious. I can do all things through Christ, for Christ, because of Christ and his power at work in me. The world and those within my reach will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. These are some of the thoughts that I repeatedly and regularly receive myself as I declare to myself who I am, as I train my thinking, thinking, I train my thought to become obedient to Christ. But I tell you what, this does not come natural, nor does it come easy, but the fruits of it lead to a life purpose that Jesus created you and I for. Here's the one question I'm going to ask for you today, and I want you to think about is that what thoughts do you need to take captive and make obedient to Christ? What thoughts do you need to take captive and make obedience to Christ? If you want to change your life, then you need to allow the word and the words of God to change the way you think. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, active, as sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, I thank you that your word is able to cut through even the lies that we tell ourselves from the truth that exists. God, we ask you to look into our hearts. We ask you to examine us. We ask you to take a deep dive into our thinking, into the, the condition of our heart. And God, we ask you to transform us from the inside out. Help us to focus on the things of the Spirit so that we may know peace. Father, we recognize that we cannot do this on our own. So today we receive anew and afresh your power. Your power to lean in and to allow you to work through us, to focus our thoughts into a life that makes, gives glory and honor to you. God, forgive us for dismissing, belittling and putting aside giving you the leftovers, but God, say we want to give you the first fruits of our life, the first thoughts of our day, the first, the, the most energy of our mind. God, we want to give them to you, God, so that out of the overflow of that, God, we may live a life for you. Transform us, O oh God. Renew our minds. Control our thinking. For your word and for your purpose, you bring your precious name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand as the key leads.